everybody. It's design. It's design recharge. What is up with me today, B? I can't do I don't it. Know. I'm so famous. I'm making you nervous. I know, nervous. I'm going to have to go pee. I'll come right back. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, Jose, change it to all panelists and attendees. We're going to cut this part out so that I can get my stuff together. I'm so sorry. I usually just do it. I don't know what it is. You must be making me nervous. Sorry. All right. No, no, it's good. It's good. She's like, I'll just take a sip of my vodka then, Diane. I'm just. How'd you know that? <laughs> no. Okay. Here we go. Okay. Hey, everybody! Welcome to another episode of Design Recharge. I'm your host, Diane Gibbs, and I'm excited to have my friend D. Ingles on. And just a funny little thing: if you type in D. E. I. N. G. L. E. S into Google, like Ashley did, who Ashley's my right hand man, woman here, right? She's not a man, woman. She's just a woman, but that's not the way the term goes. Not that there's anything wrong with man, women. You know what I mean? Um, but Ashley, uh, she was like D Ingalls and they were, Google's like, what would you like to translate into English? And she's like, no, I want the person. <laughs> anyway, I thought it was so funny. And I was like, oh, D, have you ever heard nope. that and she's like nope. no nope. anyway google kept asking her what she wanted to translate i thought it was funny that's hey funny. demi great to have you all right so we we are spain we've got england we've got a lot of americans here i'm excited to have everybody got some new people if you're new um in the chat if you click chat and then you can do all panelists and attendees and then that way we will all be able to see what you're writing and tell us where you're coming in from. That'd be great because it's a family here. So I'm super excited to have Dee. I've learned a ton from Dee. She's super good friend. And the more you type, the more chances you have to win the sticker pack. There's an amazing sticker pack that I will, uh, we will go through and it has to do with how many times you're in the chat. So you better be chatting it up. Um, if you want to win these amazing stickers, I have tons of them already. And like one of them is this, but it's not a koozie. You're not getting a koozie. You're just getting a sticker pack, but it is of this. And then there's, anyway, we're going to talk about all kinds of things. So D, you have been a designer. You've actually owned your own business for how many years? Um, almost 30. Almost 30. Holy yeah. moly. Yeah. Okay. So I want you to, if you can, give us a little bit of your background, what you did um, for most of those 30 years, and then your business has shifted in the last few years, right? Which right. is kind of weird and scary, probably. And it's been really cool. You know, it's scary at first because it's different than if you just kind of like take it in and see what happens can be pretty cool. So, so when did you start? Did you always, were you always like a drawing kid or? I was, I was one of those kids in school that I was constantly doodling, um, creative, uh, imaginative, imaginative thinking. Um, I didn't really feel like school was meant for me. Mm. I'm more of a tactile, um, do it physically kind of learner and in school you're made to sit down and memorize and recite and sit still that wasn't a good fit for me so 
I forgot what your question was. Oh, that's okay. It wasn't a good fit for me either. Okay. <laughs> so sitting uh, still, I got, and I was very talkative. So that was yeah. not a great fit for me. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, but luckily my mom's pretty talkative. So I didn't really get in a ton of trouble, but I always got ends in conduct. And yeah. ends was needs improvement. Mm -hmm. I mean, forever. Friendly. But I actually feel like it was a blessing, to be honest. Okay, so I want you to tell me a, bit, a little bit about your back, background. So you were a doodling kid, and then did you go to college to study design? Did you go to college? What was kind of like that? And then when did you start your business? Okay, I've always known I wanted to be a designer. Um, I think from the get-go, my parents are very um, creative people, and I grew up next door to my grandparents. And so I learned a lot of things from them. Um, after high school, I went to our local community college, which is called Illinois Central College, and uh, was enrolled in the marketing management program in which I graduated with an associates. I really wanted to be a graphic designer, but I think my parents were like, uh, you're not going to really make a living doing that. So let's do this marketing thing, which is great. It gave me a good foundation, but then I went back to school and, um, took about three semesters of graphic design. That's where I met my husband at school. I didn't know it, but that's where I met him. So was he in design classes with you? Mm-hmm. He was a uh, really good illustrator, really good at graphic design. I didn't really talk to him. Um, I was very introverted, so I would just watch him from afar. He was a bit of a chatty Cathy. And I'm like, how's this guy get anything done? He's always talking, you know, who, who knew right down the road, you'd be married, what, like 28, 29, 30 years, something like that now. <laughs> it's That's crazy. hilarious. It's crazy. He, it's, it is funny where some people are chatty and then you're like, how is he getting this stuff done? Anyway. Okay. So. Um, I, that's a whole nother part. I don't even know when y'all got married. How, anyway, we'll talk about that later, but okay. All right. So, so you, then when did you start your business? Like, did you go to work? Did you, how, what was like the beginning of your career? Like, okay. So out of college, I had various jobs, like working for a small newspaper, but my biggest job that I feel like started my career was working at a company called multi-ad services. It was here in Peoria. It started in the fifties. Um, they're now in business as a company called quickie where they um, do all the food photography for, um, places like Walmart and keep track of data and things like that. So it's obviously grown. And and that's where I met John personally. And then we started dating. So after Multiad, I was there for like four years and I moved on to a company called PGS Publications, uh, Crafts Magazine, where I got to art direct um, photography for the actual craft features in the magazine and then lay the magazine out from that um, I was pregnant with my second child and so John and I talked and we decided that I would just start freelancing and so um, I left there and started freelancing and raising the kids and here we are 23 years later Okay, so that's really difficult, though, because when you're freelancing, you're running a business and you're trying to take care of kids. So how did that work? Like meeting with clients? Was it mostly virtual? Was it mostly clients you'd already had? Were these retainer clients? What kind of what did that look like? Uh, so one of my biggest clients was, I think, somebody that's on here today. Her name's Rosemary, and she was my boss at PGS Pubs. 
and she ended up trans transitioning to a big medical complex. She was the marketing director. So I did a lot of freelance for her. So it's already kind of a smooth path into being that freelancer person. Um, after uh, she left there and we, I wasn't really doing a lot of freelance for them anymore. That's when I really kind of came into um, searching out what I really wanted to do for the rest of my design career. Okay, so when was that? I think it was four, four or five years ago. It's, time is really flying. It's hard to keep track of everything. So I'll say four so, years. So that was um, not that far uh, ago. So you had been doing work. You were raising kids. It was kind of like just putting um, uh, food on the table kind of things, right? Sure. sure. And not necessarily super focused on maybe what you loved to do, maybe? Right. I, I say I, I did like the work. Um, I love the people more that I was working with. Um, Rosemary is a really good friend. And I also had um, another friend I work with, Lynette, there. So we had all worked at PJS pubs together, and that was kind of like a family there. So transitioning to a company where I'm doing freelance, I've already got my built-in family. Mm. It was great. Okay. So um, when in any of that, were you doing packaging? A little bit. When I was working at Multi-Ed, we did a lot of point of purchase displays, um, a lot of baseball cards, um, various different things that the client might need to uh, produce marketing materials for uh, their brand, but not as intensely as I am today. Okay. So one of the things I love is that, and what ended up as I kept uh, thinking about what we were going to talk about, it was like, and we've talked a lot. So I was mm -hmm. like, Oh, but it's like that you really enjoyed this challenge, the challenge of trying to find something that didn't already exist or that didn't exist in this form or didn't exist so readily that tons of people were finding it. And there's something in that exploration or that adventure that really attracted you. Not that maybe you didn't have that with the other jobs, but sometimes if you have long-term, I've had long-term clients that it kind of, it, things can get stale. And at, at some point I'm like, you know, I think you, we should go with another designer because I know it's, it's, it's getting me out of a job, but I just feel kind of like burned out either on the subject or I'm like, I can't think of anything else. And these are for clients that I'd had, you know, for 10, 15 years. Sometimes there have been a time like that for me. Um, I don't know if that's exactly what it was, but when you get a new challenge, like the, uh, I want you to tell us about this. So okay, this was a transition time for you, right? Right, right. Definitely. So what did that look like? Kind of paint the picture. And then if you want to jump into your deck, that'd be great. Well, so as humans, I think we get really comfortable. And when change happens, it can be a little scary. So when I uh, stopped doing work for the medical complex, you know, you're so used to just having work coming in. And then when that stopped, you're like, okay, what do I want to do now? And here's how much time you have left in your life. And you're thinking, okay, you don't want to mess this up. You want to get it right. And you want to do what you want to do and make an impact in the world. So I ended up joining a co-working space here in Peoria. It's called The Nest. Um, the GPEDC, the Greater Peoria Economic Development Council, um, sponsors it. So it's an incubator for people who want to start a business. 
So I had worked um, in the home studio for about 20 years. And so I was used to working by myself all the time. I think I was always afraid to go out and get my own office because that was money being spent that could be spent family vacations or some other type of thing. So joining the co-working space was pivotal for me. And that's where I met um, the owner of Alluvian, John Cowan. Super quiet guy, but the um, uh, leader of the co-working space at the time is Randon. And he introduced us and he's like, here's somebody who's a designer and you have uh, a men's grooming uh, product line. You guys should get together and collaborate. And from there, the rest is history. I was completely hooked on eco-friendly packaging. Um, anything that did something really good for the environment, I just really got into it. And I think while I was preparing the questions, questions you gave me for this podcast, I had the realization that growing up next to my grandparents and we grew our, all of our own food and we spent a lot of time together with them. I realized that meeting John was kind of like untapping what I had experienced with my grandparents of, you know, that getting back to basics, that doing what's right for the earth, that type of thing. It sounds kind of touchy feely, but I really think it was a clear pivotal moment for me. Um, they say when you meet people, they, you meet them for a reason. And I like to think of meeting him as um, what sets the trajectory for the rest of my career. All right. So you learned a ton, but it, had, it wasn't that you just had all these people that you could learn from. You actually had to dig and, and you had to solve things. And he was very open. He knew he had some very clear parameters, but he also said, budget is no issue but because of your grandparents right you're like <laughs> exactly. hey buddy i know that there is always a limit to every budget right people right. might not pay 80 dollars for a thing of deodorant right 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 so um i think it's really important and i love that you use you don't use the word cheap you use the word frugal right yeah. or or uh creative in how you do it so if you want to share your screen She's sure. got some stuff to teach us. I, I'm going to ask some continued questions about uh, the challenge because I think that there's something really interesting about that and how you solve some of these problems. Okay. Would you like me to just narrate as we go through the pages? Please. Okay. So this is a deck I built. It's a, basically a case study for Alluvian Aquatic Botanical Grooming. So meeting John was very interesting in that he had all of these products and they needed containers. And by the way, nothing can be in plastic. Wow, right? So here we go. So this difficult. is just a, That's a really difficult thing in any kind of grooming because usually it's plastic. I mean, everything, our deodorant, the shave gel, everything. Right. And that's what consumers expect. So anything that isn't plastic might seem a little bit different to them. So Alluvian's uh, motto is 100% plastic free, like we said, made in the USA and organic. And so not using plastic meant we had to consider things like uh, excuse me, <clears throat> paper tubes, glass vessels, and labels. So the picture that you're looking at right now 
was a glass bottle that we designed. Um, John actually, John, my husband, actually drew the illustration that's on it. And we worked with a glass company to make sure that the bottle was gonna hold the right amount of liquid and have a metal cap instead of a plastic cap. A lot of the things that we uh, designed were in paper tubes. These are some samples from the company that we used, Westrock. You can see there's lots of different lots of different options, sizes for anything from a chapstick to maybe holding a candle, just for some extra packaging. So setting up the paper tubes was a little challenging because you're designing a three-dimensional object on a flat piece of paper. So you have to think of how it sits on the shelf. So there's a lot of time spent making sure that what was seen from the front was easy to identify. You think about men looking for products. The men that I know don't really want to like look at a lot of text or read a lot of things. So I made it very identifiable by using uh, a very sans serif font. It's easy to see on the shelf. And then the ingredients are on the back and the address. And the tube itself has uh, a push-up mechanism on the bottom, so the deodorant had to be made so that it wasn't too soft and it wasn't too hard. So to help the consumer understand how this actually works, because it's not a plastic typical deodorant container, we put press here on the bottom so they need to push it up, kind of like a push pop when you have like an ice cream push pop as a kid. But this was something that you actually helped. He didn't come up with that. He just said, I had deodorant and you can't use plastic. Good luck, right? I don't really remember because he had already been in touch with this company. So he may have already been doing this. So I don't want to take credit for that. I just, I'll take credit for like making it look good and making it. Um, Did you put legend. push press here? Was that your idea? I think so. <laughs> well, we'll just claim it. I mean, I'm sure he won't watch. She did it all, people. Okay. Sorry, John. <laughs> oh, so, Paul wants to know, how did you deal with the regulatory requirements for the product? Now, this is actually super interesting because you actually had multiple countries. He's now in multiple countries. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So what, what I learned from John was that um, in the United States, as long as you don't have something that's medicinal, as long as you have the ingredients on it and... Um, a date, you're fine. But when you go out of the country, we worked in um, the UK and we worked in Canada. And basically, John had a liaison over there that could say, hey, go look at this site. It has a list of requirements. They were much more intensive. We had to have shelf life on the packaging. We had to have the native language, um, a couple different languages, actually and uh, I think a tamper seal as well. So it was a little bit different. So if you're designing products for um, one company or one country, excuse me, remember that there may be some stricter guidelines in other countries. And size of font too, right? There yeah, that was interesting, I thought. So the size of the font in, I think it was Canada, um, you can't have uh, a font that's smaller than I think seven point. So that was a really tricky restriction because when you're trying to do a list of ingredients on a very tiny bottle, it gets a little challenging. So in, in those cases, we ended up using um, a paper tube to uh, rest those bottles in to give us a little bit more real estate to be able to talk about and have maybe um, an increased sense of value because it was a larger 
thing that they were picking up. So, but then also, what about printing? Like, is this printed? Because this doesn't look like it's a label. Yeah, so all the bottles were silkscreened to avoid that plastic component. Mm -hmm. So when you're printing on a bottle, you have size requirements that you can't go past because the silk pad that's printing onto the bottle can only hold so much detail. So I worked very closely with the, the bottle printer to make sure that we were um, making things visible and legible and not trying to put too much on the front of the bottle. It was a little challenging. The glass was the most challenging. Well, and they're so small. They are. And then each, like he had seven different, or he has seven different scents. So how do you say seven different scents on seven tiny bottles? And so we just chose to do different uh, font styles. So for one, we may have Isle of Man has one font and uh, the, what is it? The other one, I can't think. Chick, Chicka or Chicka Pikyu. He has very manly names. Uh, we would choose a different font so that they would see that it's different right off the bat if they picked up the bottle, if it wasn't sold in the paper too. Nice. We tried to make it easy so that as you're shopping, it, was, it wasn't a chore to shop. I love that because that's really understanding your user, right? Yeah. How many guys really want to go out and read tiny, tiny type? I want what I want. I got to go. Yeah, I'm kind so, of with them on yeah, that. Me too. Yeah. So these are the two um, glass vessels that we used, uh, the brown bottle to hold the oils and the clear bottle to hold the cacay oil. Okay, so we, I got another question that's a really mm -hmm. good one. Jacob says, what if you want to make eco-plastic free, eco eco and plastic free products, but you're a very small business and you can't afford the huge print minimum. Screen printed bottles sounds awesome, but it also sounds expensive. Well, I think about John being a startup. Um, he, he never compromised on what he was doing. And so to be able to afford to do things, set up the product the way he wanted to, he got angel investors. And then he also won a competition that's local that helped him get started. So I think when you think about your, what your brand's going to be all about, if it is something that's plastic free, you kind of have to stick to plastic free. Otherwise you have to change that positioning statement to be more like we do have plastic, but we keep it as a closed loop. So all our plastics are recyclable because plastics do have a place in the world. Not everything can go in glass bottles. We just try to minimize it. So this is a, a mock-up of what the glass setup looked like. So you had the top of the lid as some real estate. You have the side as some real estate. But then the, the pad of the silkscreen uh, printer can only go so far. So you're, again, your real estate is restricted. So you're trying to fit in very important information in a very tiny space. So you're picking that hierarchy of what you want people to see first, and that's the name of the product, then the name of the company, and then reverse the label in your hand and the ingredients. This is again, small, right? And you have this little die cut. Uh, so it, it, all these just extra little added things that elevate the brand and it also looks like maybe you used i'm sure you used maybe a recycled paper but was it uh 
was there is it or is it just colored this is all printed this is all ink we printed in two colors the dark brown and the pink oh nice and then the the metal lid is printed as well with white and but there is that die cut right where wild something harvested Mm -hmm. something oh that's nice. no that's just me cutting out the pink to make the pink stand out on the bottle so i oh it looks like i can see through it on the bottle though yeah so you what you're given is this glass jar and i try to use the glass jar to to my advantage and so i make of the color of what the product is shine through to highlight what the featured component is for the product so he has wild cacao oil in it and that's kind of a big deal it's kind of pricey so we wanted to make sure that was featured but not compete with the name of the product so that's where I cut out the silk screen of the pink band and put the copy there. So, but that, so that silk screen, the wild harvested. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's yep. super nice. Yeah. Whew. So it was kind of fun actually when you're given restrictions as a designer, it, it kind of pushes you to do your best work. I think this I next it. slide is uh, a label and all the labels, that we printed for the products that went in metal tins were on recycled paper. This is the Abolus, it's a men's cologne. So you would screw it open and just use a little bit with your warm thumb and put it on your wrist. These are some other labels. These are kind of cool in that the one that has the fish on it, uh, the block next to it is actually a shampoo. So it's a block of hard shampoo and you lather it in your hands and wash your hair. So the label is made out of um, sugar cane. Wow. So we just tried to do something a little bit different. So utilizing sugar cane for that was, was kind of cool because we're reusing something that is sustainable and compostable and also gives us something to talk about on social media. The cacao lip balm to the right there. Uh, John also did, my husband also did the illustration for that. And then I laid out the label. And then um, John Cowan, the owner, took uh, recycled dictionaries. You can buy old dictionaries because nobody uses a dictionary anymore. And he cut them into strips, and the strips of the old dictionary are the safety damper seals. So he puts that down around the tin, and then the label seals it shut. Oh, that's beautiful. That's another way to be sustainable. And that is a picture that he took. It's beautiful. So um, Jeremy, long, long time watcher, listener, love him. Um, He says, do do, do they have anything to make beards soft? Mm -hmm. He said, that's what the beard oil is. (gasps) Okay. There you go, buddy. It's good stuff and it smells great. Oh, uh, Rosemary asked, didn't he also use shredded dictionaries for packing material? Mm -hmm. Yep. Oh my gosh, that's super clever. Yeah, he's a smart guy. So this is the label setup. It's like your typical um, graphic design. You're setting up, uh, instead of a book, you're setting up a label. It's got a circle. You have to stay within the size. Uh, the ingredients have to be a certain font size. And then you'll see the uh, can with the lid open that says 12M. That will be for the UK and Canada. So that has a shelf life of 12 months. You'll notice at the bottom of that label, you'll see a couple graphics. Those are his brand differentiators that I drew. Uh, one indicates that it's made in the USA. 
a lot of people are USA proud and they want to only buy um, products made in our country. The other one is reinforcing the brand uh, positioning statement of being 100% plastic free. And we did that through what everybody identifies bad plastic as is water bottles that don't get recycled. Mm. This did is you make those? The yes. made in the USA and then so so mm -hmm. that's another thing instead of just mess um, this is an over deliver because I think that this client is definitely an over deliver all these extra little bonuses these details and I think that's the way you over delivered was by making your own uh, graphics that normally we just plop out of brands of the world or something mm -hmm. right but you chose to go the extra mile and hand lettered it and drew it right um, I used the font but I took some embellishment or I did some embellishments to the font to make it work with what I was trying to twist it to do. I'm not a trained hand letterer, uh, but I did want it to have that, uh, the, the voice of the brand in that it's handcrafted and homemade and I wanted to drive that home. So using that font and twisting it, but then drawing all the other components like the United States I drew and the water bottle and then I think we have six other um, components to talk about you know it's cruelty free and um, organic and each one of those is a symbol because if you think about how our brains work we read a lot of text but we absorb pictures much more quickly so I was trying to make the the image the vessel of the text really drive home what the messaging is and he uses those on the website and we use those on almost all the product packaging. So he, what, what part had he done before he got with you? And then what, where did y'all take over and do kind of everything and you've been just a partner in this with him or? Yeah. So when I met John, he had already started making some products and he was in the process of testing the formula for the deodorant. So he had a wonderful artist. I don't know his name. Um, do the logo and then he had started doing some of the products like the um, the shaving cream in a tin and he was designing the labels himself and they looked really nice but I think he was looking for something to be more cohesive so that when you picked up one product the other product they spoke to each other on the, on the shelf and they actually created like a nice harmony when they're on the shelf so the color palettes were chosen so that it's it spoke mostly to men i mean women buy this as well for their their guys but we tried to make it appeal to the gentleman and we tried to make all of the colors be cohesive and speak together so that when you look at it on the website or on a shelf they don't they don't jar with each other they harmonize mm. so would this also have been wrapped is this one of the things that gets the wrap with the dictionary page or I think he only did that with the lip balm. This one oh, okay. is, I think was um, in a box. So the box could be safety sealed. Oh, gotcha. So this was where I got really excited. And I know. Because why? <laughs> well, we started working with this company called Eco and Clothes out of Colorado. And these people are amazing. They, anything you want to ship, they have the box, they have the stuffing, they have the plastic free tape, they have the um, recycled poly bags to ship your shirts in. So if you look at a couple of the pictures here, the, the Luvian box with the person holding it, that's actually a picture from Living Ink Technologies website. So Living Ink Technology is an algae ink company. 
startup in Colorado, and they work really closely with Eco and Close to start using the algae ink. It's only available in black right now. It's fully compostable. And so alluvium, you, I think, go ahead. Had you ever worked with that kind of ink before? Had you ever heard of that kind of ink? I had no idea that even existed. That is so cool. How long ago was this? Because I didn't know this existed either. This is one of the first boxes that we printed. So this was, this was three, or, three or four years ago, I think. Time is really flying. But it's really exciting because I've been following this company. Um, and I, I noticed that they were printing these cards and they were starting to print algae ink in like a green color. And you would print it in a way that part of it would disappear and part of it would stay. It was, it was fascinating to see them evolve as a company trying something totally new and collaborating with other companies. Like when I talked to Patagonia on the phone one day after like, just, Hey, I need some information. I need to know if we're headed in the right direction. I just called them and they mentioned be a B corporation, get involved with other people who are doing the same thing so you can share information. And that's certainly what they're doing. Eco and clothes and living eat technology. It's pretty cool. So if you think about it, your box is, is a marketing piece. So if you're an, a sustainable brand and you're um, a plastic-free brand and you're trying to do the best you can for Mother Nature, if your box is printed with algae ink, you should tell people. And so that's what we did. That's cool. So yeah, that's what cool, the... It? it is super cool. So that's what the stuff is on the back there. So it's telling... Yeah, I, I don't know if you can read it, but it's it's basically just stating exactly what they're receiving. It's printed with a hundred percent algae ink, and this box and plastic is free, and all shipping materials, mm -hmm. including yeah. the envelope, are yeah, that's yeah. incredible. Yeah, and the the shredded paper that goes in between is recycled. So they're a really good resource. So when we talk about researching. Uh, being eco-friendly and wanting to have your all of your product packaging, including your shipping, be sustainable. Eco and clothes made it really easy because they had everything we needed. You didn't have to go find one source for the box, right? One one source for the tape. One source. They even have shipping labels that are recycled paper. It's pretty and, cool. And Jeremy also says, "Well, yeah, but it also just looks cool." Which yeah. it does. Yeah. It's a cool product. I mean, it, it's a cool brand. So what you're looking at right here is uh, there's a company called Planet Green Printing in California. Uh, the guy that owns it, his name is Rob Tosberg. And he's been instrumental in teaching me a lot about, hey, you have this need. Here's how we can fill it with something that's not plastic. So what you're looking at on the dark background is Olivian sticker. I'm not 100% sure, but I think it's a corn-based plastic. So even the sticker is, is plastic-free. Wow. And the one on the right is the, um, the markup or the mock-up for the, the tamper-proof um, uh, label that goes on the deodorant. And so it, we had an opportunity to also reinforce 100% plastic-free because you're looking at the sticker on the deodorant and it looks and feels like plastic, we should probably tell them that it's not plastic and just to reinforce that. So again, we have our 12 months shelf life and our batch number spot. So when the product is made, John can stamp it because he makes everything by hand. 
So is, had you worked this small before? Was, it was just like a lot of learning all the way across? Com- completely a new education. And it was exciting and exhilarating. And every time we met, we were doing something different and kind of breaking some boundaries and trying to decide, hey, let's not do everything like everybody's been doing it. Let's like be different. So there were, there were no chains with working with him. So uh, can you just talk about, so I, I've seen the one drawing that John's done. I think there's a couple, but I think this one, it, it was there like a kind of inspiration for that? Or it was it kind of those dictionary pages, that kind of style of illustration? Um, I can answer that question perfectly. John Cowan is very big into old botanical prints. And so those tend to inspire a lot of illustration work that we did. Cool. Yeah. So I had given a presentation a couple months ago to a community in Canada, and they had asked after giving this presentation, is there a cost to being eco-friendly? And I said, I'll do some research and I'll do some comparison. And then the more research that I did, the more I realized that it kind of comes down to what you're doing what your product is, how you're positioning yourself. I I think it's not as expensive or it's not even expensive to be eco-friendly. It's just how you go about it. So working with somebody who's knowledgeable in the space, like calling eco-enclose or eco-products. Eco-products is in Colorado as well. And they work with the um, food containers we're all using, the to-go food containers so that they're recyclable or compostable, you know, the labels and all those types of things. This is, this is way easier than I think people think it is to be sustainable with your food packaging or your product packaging than ever before, because there's so many companies that realize there's too much plastic in the ocean. We have a problem to solve. And the only way to solve that is to start making products for all these hardworking people in the restaurant industry people who are making products, let's make it easy for them to do that. So that's not one more thing for them to do. And if you think about it, I think a lot of people are like us in that they don't like seeing plastic in the ocean. You know, it's hard to look at. And if, if you think about it, it gives you a really good platform to connect with those people by telling them what you're doing and why you're doing it. So I think you get a, a bump in your brand recognition. It kind of makes you a little bit different. But it also is good to know that it isn't as hard as we think it is, or it's mm-hmm. maybe not as costly as we think it would be. Yeah. And if anybody has any questions, if they're looking to move in that space, I'm here to answer any questions. You know, sharing knowledge. I think we're always stronger together. Uh, if we can share knowledge, we're not all out trying to find the answers ourselves. I think maybe the internet has kind of taken that ability away a little bit, but the, also the internet is great. I don't want to fault it. But as humans, if, we, if we're sharing information more, I think we get to that next level of where we want to be a little bit quicker without a lot of hard work. Okay, so Paul asked a great question. Um, So he says, I found a big obstacle to eco-packaging in the printers, often local, who don't want to do anything outside their usual box is, um, I mean, I'm sure some of these like printers that you're talking about, the the box people and the uh, planet green printing, 
do you think that that's something that they would be willing to talk to some of these other printers to see, or is this, you just, you use the guy in California because it's, it kind of washes out. It yeah, I, I've experienced that myself. Um, I tried to shop locally whenever possible. And I have reached out to a couple places locally to work on some um, sustainable packaging options then you can tout that the product's made here, it's designed here, it's packaged here. But I didn't, I didn't get a lot of help, so I ended up staying with those companies in Colorado and California just because they're just they're spewing information to help you and it's, there's not a lot of resistance. And who knows, maybe someday we'll all be eco-friendly, eco but for the time being, I've, I've been working with those two companies and I'm gonna be working with um, a company that's here locally called Better Earth Compost. Very excited about that. I just talked to them last week. They are working with Eco Products in Colorado to help uh, restaurants have sustainable, compostable food packaging uh, so that if you think about it, the, their product is dirt that comes from animal bones and meat scraps, greens, just about everything but plastic, they compost. So if they can help the restaurants to get rid of the plastic from the get-go, it helps them have a better product in the end. So they're working with Eco Products in Colorado to provide that type of service for their, their restaurant clients from, from the beginning of the loop to the back around to the end of the loop. I know Christy Panino's here and she is, uh, I went to grad school with her and she, I've seen some of her student work. She's a teacher in uh, Florida. She teaches and she is an amazing researcher. You also love this part. You love the research part that it is. I don't know if everybody loves it. We could probably do a poll and see who is like, mm, no, this sounds like mm. a ton of work and mm. it is work, but why is this so exciting? Cause it, because it's changing the world or is it exciting for just because you're learning? I think for me, research is even outside of the eco-friendly space. Research for me is kind of like candy. Mm. Um, I, uh, I just thoroughly enjoy, I grew up without the internet and when the internet came, it was a, an encyclopedia to the world at your fingertips. So all that information I would have loved to have as a kid growing up um, at your fingertips, you, you tend to want to take advantage of it. And if you, if you are willing to put some time in and do some research, you can find a lot of juicy morsels that you can use for your clients and set them apart from their competitors. And also the more you learn, the more you're worth, because now you well, you're all, you're very, you're worthy. Everybody's worthy, right? That not sure, sure. Has, it doesn't have to do with how much, you know what I mean? Though. Right. I know but it mean. has it because you've learned this and now other people don't have that knowledge. So if you are a great researcher and you are pulling these things together, this ends up becoming an advantage. And some people will want to work with you because you have this knowledge, but you do have to mm -hmm. share that you have that knowledge, right? Amy says it's the more value you can offer. And I just want uh, Christy, uh, she's in all panelists, not all panelists and attendees, but right. <laughs> she said, um, yes, it is about the process. It's that that's the part that's called design, which I think is so true mm -hmm. and fitting. 
Without it, we're not designing, we're just building and making. Not that there's anything wrong with building and making, but sure. really you're, you're helping him build his company the exact way he wanted to, to do. I feel like in some ways we're dream makers, you know? Mm. It was just a sheer pleasure to get to work with him. Um, he's all set up now, so I don't do a lot of work for him, him anymore because everything's all designed. But we, we ended up doing a catalog together, which was great. I got to art direct a lot of pieces. And he tried to make it more into a, um, I like a coffee table book. So we interviewed people like um, this guy named Chris, who's a deep sea diver in Hawaii. He's also a really good friend of ours. So he basically, without tanks, dives to the, the farthest depths that he can. And to him, the ocean is his, his peaceful solitude. So he probably doesn't like a lot of plastic floating around. And then there's the travel stash company up in uh, Michigan where they take people out on camping trips. And he was a huge supporter as well. So we made the, the catalog into more of a lookbook so that it would last and not get thrown away. Nice. All right. So if people have questions, uh, we will put all the stuff. This will all be, but you can reach them at smiley with the EY graphics with an X.com. Um, but we I have more questions. So Go for oh, it. man, we are almost out of time, but we'll run through them real fast. We'll, I we'll guess. talk in two times speed. Okay. <laughs> all right. So how did this one client really, uh, or this project really shift the things and change for you and your business? So I think as we kind of talked a little bit before our meeting, John Cowan was, I didn't know people like him existed and having the opportunity in the Nest co-working space to meet him. It just goes to show you if you get outside of your own head, the people that you can meet, um, I would say that, he has set the course for the rest of my career and that I really know what I want to do now. Uh, I, I want to do something where I'm working with people who are doing good things. So our tagline is we craft brands for people who do good. And so that can be um, people like IntelliHot who do uh, water sustainable or not sustainable. How, do you, how would you say that? They're efficient. So like if mm -hmm. you go to a stadium, they do water heaters so that we're using less energy or um, can't think off the top of my head. If I'll be working with Better Earth, so Better Earth Compost. I am so excited about working with them and the things that we can do together. So I think just meeting him has really opened my eyes to what I can do as a designer and I can make a living doing something that I love. Mm. It's pretty cool. It's super cool. All right. So even as a kid, you know, we talked about you doodling, but did you always like a good challenge? It, it does seem like your grandparents kind of uh, embodied that, like, hey, what can we make with these figs or mm -hmm. whatever? Yes. So what's, what's the like, question? So I know I'm a terrible <laughs> at this. But did you always like a good challenge, even as a kid? I think growing up next to them, uh, we didn't really have the opportunity to go to a, a Walmart or a store. Uh, we grew all of our own food. So if something was broken, you fixed it. Um, if you had a cool potato chip tin, you could make it into something that stores flour. My mom did that a lot. Um, I know my grandpa's workshop. My grandpa was a tinkerer and an inventor. And his, his garage was always the coolest place because it was 
organized with baby food jars, screws in each thing. You know, he was, he was so smart and just, he also fixed TVs and watches. And so all of his containers that held parts weren't like you went to the store and bought a plastic container to hold a part. It was a reused vessel from something from the kitchen or just something that you had a product then that you just reused the vessel. Love that. And Rosemary said, Dee's much more than a designer. She really partners with clients to help develop their business with help. With, wait, mm, I am not a good reader, clearly. With, <laughs> oh, she partners with her clients to help develop their business with the help from, their, from your design. So it's, you're doing some strategy with them as well. You're helping them. And that's where the research comes in because it is, I believe, like what Christy was saying, design is not just in making it uh, look good, right? It's also in right. making the business stronger. Yeah, building that strong foundation so you know where you're going. All right, so for him, for, for you in particular, as you make this shift, and I think he kind of opened the door, what was, because we've talked about him being kind of like uh, an, the type of entrepreneur that you now want to go after. So mm -hmm. now that you see, you, you, we always do like, or a lot of us will do uh, ideal customer, or customer personas or something. So what about him now do you have as check boxes to see? I know you're doing good, but how, how else do you vet somebody? And, and why do you make these lists or do you know what I mean? What about mm -hmm. him? Yeah. Yeah. So John and I, uh, John was working for a company for quite a while until last June. So we went on this road trip through the national parks for five weeks just to have a reset button. He joined the studio. We said to ourselves, we don't want to just take any job that comes in the door anymore. Now that we're working together and we have an office in the warehouse district, you know, we're meeting so many people that are doing good things. What is going to be our criteria for having a client? And the number one thing we always say and we, I think we figured this out when we were at the Bristol Pinecone Forest in California. We just want to work with people who we could sit down and have dinner with. Mm. Just good, normal people. And I think if we can do that, we know that we can collaborate and help them get to where they want to go. So that's what I like, um, because it's not necessarily a lot of people talk about niching. And I think you what you've done is niche. You talk about people doing good, but really that could be, it's a really wide range, but you don't have a lot of people who are going to put that much energy and effort into doing the right thing for the earth or right. So um, one of the things that he said in the beginning that money was no option uh, or whatever, and money was no option. We will not be paying you <laughs> or for any of these products. Oh, That's I would have called, worked for free. Definitely yeah. with him. <laughs> I never told him that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad that you um, enjoyed it that much, but I'm also glad you got paid. But right. maybe it, that budget wasn't the focus. It was really about doing good for the environment or doing good for the people that we wanted the best thing possible. Right? Right. So taking the money off the table. I mean, I always had that in the back of my mind. I would never like go be extravagant with the client's money because I know they could spend it in other places, but not having that constraint 
And the only constraint being don't use plastic. And I'm not a huge fan of plastic to begin with. It was an amazing gift to get as a designer. Yeah. And just hit the ground running. So I love this kind of dinner idea with this in t this money. They say you can get anything on the menu. You go to this really nice restaurant and there's a $100 meal and then the the salad, the side salad, which is 20 bucks or something, right? Instead of just going for the cheap, you still are going to, you're, you might not go with the hundred dollar, but you're going to get something that is somewhere. I don't know. Maybe that's a terrible analogy. Anyway, we'll move on. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Do you, well, like, I'm hungry. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Like it's on from one end, it's like, go all out, spend everything, or you, you do it so frugally that it's, mm -hmm. it, it misses something. But I think there's lots of places in the middle that with enough research and with enough digging and asking, which leads me to the next question, is there are things that you've had to do that were uncomfortable, maybe just because of the way, because you were quiet, but you did them, you got over them, but you didn't ha necessarily have to do them when you were running your business before, like calling the guy from Patagonia. Yeah, that was so cool. So working with John and learning all of this sustainable information, I thought who best to talk to, but the leader in, in doing the right thing and that's Patagonia. So I just jumped on a phone call and somebody picked up and he was obviously a Patagonia person. He was very personable. He was very kind. He gave me about a half hour of his time. And I, I think in speaking to him, a few things that stuck in my mind was always do good. If you can weave that into your positioning statement, always do good. Learn from your mistakes and share knowledge with people, no matter even if they're competitors, share that knowledge. And I thought that was some really good takeaways and we try to blend that into who we are as a company today. All right. So it, you've had a lot of growth in the last four years, a lot of changes in the last four years. For sure. And you've made steps. You've called people that you wouldn't necessarily call. You've done things. You've tried things that you wouldn't necessarily do. You also have, that's why there's stickers to give away people. The more you type in the chat, the more options you have to win. Nobody wants any stickers, Diane. Nobody no, no, wants no. any there, stickers. It's, it's, <laughs> it's lit up over there for sure. <laughs> but my mom will always say, wow, people are really typing over there in the chat. That's what she'll tell me later. Uh, anyway, I think it's funny. I'm not making fun of you, mom. I love you. See, <laughs> save the bees. Anyway, there's, there's lots of really good stickers in this pack. But there's another part that, that you... Uh, your kids were out of school or out of high school, maybe. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and so it wasn't like you were having to watch tiny little kids. So you were able to, to do more. And what was another thing that really was a pivotal part? And I know what your answer is. If you don't know what I'm talking about. No, I, I do. I do. Okay. So I just don't like to interrupt. So I would say a pivotal point was um, when I started working at the co-working space, I also did an organic search for a group that I could be a part of because even though I was joining, even though I was joining a co-working space, there weren't a lot of designers. So it's mostly people who code like my husband. Mm. And so we don't always collaborate very well because 
they're kind of nerdy and I'm kind of a hippie. And so we, we have different love languages, right? So I, I did an organic search for groups that do stuff like what you and I do, Diane, and I came across Christo. So I joined the pro group with the future and I was on for a couple of years. It got some huge mindset, cha mind, mindset changes that shifted a lot. Um, the pro group got a little big for me. And so I ended up joining your group, which has been more intimate and have made many very good friends who I can't imagine where we'd be today without them. So I would say if you're working alone, this is my advice. Don't work alone all the time. You only have one brain. And if you can be with many brains from time to time, it's super helpful. And I also think bringing in somebody a uh, different perspective on sure. as we read books or as we um, see an article or see a video, see what somebody else got from it. I think sometimes when we're in our own bubble, we can't see some of those things and we need to be challenged because that means we're growing for sure. And, and have people that won't tell you what you want to hear. Mm. Have people oh. who are okay with hurting your feelings. Like, Hey, your website isn't great. You should probably do something about that because you're a website designer. <laughs> well, um, that was a, that was a rough power station. I, I know, uh, I remember who I was talking to right after, uh, but it maybe it was Dustin or it Doc. was Dustin. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if she's coming back. Yeah. I don't know if she's coming back <laughs> after that one. Uh, but, uh, so Lily says she teaches in a vacuum. No one else teaches what I do in my school and gets lonesome sometimes. Lily, I have a, a teacher that's in Georgia that I want to connect you with. She also teaches graphic design. So remind me and I'm going to get you in touch with her. For there you go. Her. And there we, I guess, are killing your husband because, uh, are we? That's too bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> You'll have to get that, um, thing that he keeps saying he's going to get in this COVID. What that ditch digger thing. Let's not go there. A backhoe? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Okay. So, um, <clears throat> all right. Last, these are the last ones, the, the fast ones. And look, mom, we're not going to be like that far over. Okay. How do you recharge? And I know because you fill out a sheet for me every week. Well, not every week, but almost every week. I know I'm bad this week. So for me, recharging means hanging out with people like Diane Gibbs and my group and my kids and my husband uh, gardening, um, just trying to try different things with um, growing our side business, which is the merch business, doing the stickers and the t-shirts. Uh, we're going to be joining the farmer's market here locally. So just trying to cast many nets like our friend Andrew Nguyen. He's the um, leader of our co-working space here. He's been really helpful. So yeah. I love that. Did you know that I used to sell my vegetables at a farmer's market? So did I when I was a kid. No, no. This was like a few years ago. And I remember okay. I would, I was called, call my mom and I'd be like, oh my gosh, mom, I made $125. She's like, and I remember her saying this to me. She's like, Diane, don't you make more than that doing your designs? And I was like, Yes, mom, what's, and she, I don't, I guess, cause it just didn't feel like I did anything for that. Yeah, except but pick it, money you know? isn't always success. That's absolutely. You've anyway, that I, well. that for sure. Okay. So then we know how you recharge. What inspires you? I think people who are trying to do something 
amazing in the world to help other people that don't normally need to tell people they're doing it. They're just doing it. That I think is, is pretty cool. That is cool. All right. So Lily wants to know, what will you be doing at the farmer's market? This is a great question. I will be selling my merch, which is my soft graphic tees. Why do you have, you have you, Oh, it's over there. I can see it. Stretching. This is and my. They are soft. I wore mine my last one. week too. This is my favorite one. It reminds me of growing up and just our grandparents sharing knowledge and stories with us. So we'll have that and the koozies and the stickers. And then I just ordered uh, sketchbooks. So Ooh. hopefully have those too. All right. Next question. You got two more. Of course, okay. the farmer's market is kind of the what's next too. Sure. Is there a quote or something that you keep close to help you get through tough times? There is. So we're members here at our local museum, the Peoria Riverfront Museum. And they, they have a, well, before COVID, they had the Leonardo da Vinci exhibit. And there was a quote on the wall that really stuck with me as a designer. You know, as a kid growing up and not always fitting into the school system or maybe not feeling like you're included all the time, this kind of helped me a lot. So there are three classes of people. Those who see, those who see when they're shown, and those who do not see. And the last one is especially important because it's, as a designer, I think everybody can see how things can be but knowing that that isn't always the case gives you some understanding that that's okay. Mm, it's really good. Super true too. Okay. Last one is what's next. So we know you're going to do, so not only are you designed, you really just today focused on um, your design and, and that part of your, the business, but you actually right. have also, this has been another pivot is just adding this stuff in. You were really inspired from that trip last year. Yeah. And definitely. And you want to tell, tell them a little bit about that. Yeah. So that trip last year, um, John working at a company for, I think it was 31 years and uh, his job being outsourced to another country. We're like, okay, what do we do now? We took that trip and we're like, this is crazy. But being on the trip with our son was really um, kind of eye opening. And so to, you know, you're, you're going through national parks like one every two days and driving from like six to 12 hours a day and not having internet in a lot of places and pulling out a map, you can get really back to basics in that way. So I was a little stressed thinking we're going to run out of gas and we're out in the middle of nowhere. So I'm like drawing everything I'm experiencing. And those drawings have become what you see today in our merchandise. So I just happened to do some stickers to give to people to just share some love with people. And John said, I really love those. How about we have 3000 shirts printed with all of those designs? And I said, sure, let's do it. And here we are <laughs> loving every minute of it though. Do you think you would have said that? Sure. Let's do it. Um, five years ago. No. Because? I don't think so. Why didn't I do it five years ago? Why did it take him losing his job and and uh, us going on that trip to come up with something that just did nice things for people? So Dave Coe was like, where is John Ingalls? Just off camera? So he popped in and he waved. He's guarding the door. Him? He's guarding oh. the door so nobody comes in. 
<laughs> oh, that's too funny. That was too funny. Okay. He's been very quiet, your chatty Kathy husband mm -hmm. back there. I know. I know. I warned him. Please don't talk. <laughs> <laughs> he could have gotten up and given you that. Okay. So it's time. This is a benefit of coming live, right? So the more uh, you, if you're listening or you're watching on YouTube, um, you can always come live and you can uh, actually ask questions. I'm not just weird and making these people's questions up. They're actually here in the chat. So it's a beautiful part. It's really a community. So I like to know where people are popping in from. Um, anyway, so I said that I was uh, going to choose. I'm going to I'm going to scroll back and forth through the chat and then you guys are going to, or not, y'all have already t typed it in. Dave, you better type it in a little bit more, buddy. Cause you let's, weren't, let's do, you let's do like, three. Let's do okay. three. Three, three packs. packs. Okay. Yeah. It can't be the same person. And John Ingalls, you can't win. <laughs> um, but, uh, uh, okay, here we go. I, you are going to tell me, uh, any minute, go ahead and tell me when, just tell me, tell me when yeah. to stop. No. Okay, Rachel Zampino, you're the first winner. Okay. And okay. if you're putting your, if you win, I need, well, I'll write it down too, but um, I need your address, your physical address. But if you email me, I will get it to D. Okay. Ready? No, no. It's Rachel again. Rachel, no, I'm just kidding. Okay, she's been very busy. Okay, keep going, keep going. No. Jeremy Rivers. Okay, I know Jeremy. And, uh, but I don't, well, no, he's not here anymore, but we, he, it's still okay. I have his It's okay, yeah, okay. <coughs> okay. Oh, whoops. More? Let's do two more. Okay, two more. Tell me when. Now, now. Amy Lyons. Amy Lyons. Okay, and one more. Oh, it was John Ingalls. That doesn't oh. work. I know, boogers. <laughs> hey, you won, John. I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, go. Oh, Dave Coe. Dave Coe. Okay, cool. All right, sticker packs coming your way. We just need your addresses. Whoop, whoop. Hey, good job. Yay. Lots Yay. of people. <laughs> um, Anyway, I'm super excited. Um, <laughs> Rasheen was like me. Lily's like me. <laughs> Lily was really putting it in. Um, yeah. But I think that will be available at your local farmer's market sometime <laughs> soon. So I want to make sure everybody, if you are listening and, or watching or not, or not that you're not, you know what I mean. You can, underneath, you'll be able to see all these links, but I'm also going to put them in the chat. Uh, but this is a way for you to contact D or talk to uh, the merchandise. You can get your shirt. I wore my shirt last week. Uh, one of them I have two. I think I have a share stories and I have a, the one that was the, we are stronger together. Um, all right, here we go. Oh, Jacob's beaten me out. He is the buddy. Man. Hey, I got more than you even think of. I got LinkedIn. You can't get it that fast. I'm putting it in there, buddy. <laughs> He's probably like, get him, I got it. Get her, Jacob. <laughs> All right. If you want to check out their website or you want to consult, you have a project like this, it's sgraphics, G-R-A-P-H-I-X.com. And if you go to, I think if you type in smiley graphics, also with the E-Y, it gets you there. 
right? I think it's just a forwarded. Yes. And then also the store is at shop, not at, just shop, shop.sgraphics with an X.com. And then on Instagram, it's S underscore graphics studio, the X graphics. Um, and then on the, their store also has a merch, uh, Instagram account. It's S G S underscore merch, M E R C H. And then on LinkedIn, I love her, um, the, you know, you can do a vanity handle or whatever. I love this. Hers is CMYK girl. <laughs> love it. <laughs> um, and just so my mom knows, that's cyan, magenta, yellow, black. Mom, it's the way the printing, anyway. It's geeky. That's how we geek out, right? Yeah. Um, and then there's also on the studio, also has a LinkedIn at smiley, S M I L E Y hyphen graphics with, again, with an X. All right. And, and John's putting things in. I got that one in, buddy. It's up there. She's a perfectionist. Those coding yeah. people, you know? I guess you just wanted it in every time. That's okay. Um, Dee, thank you so much for teaching us. Also, just for being such a great researcher and letting it fuel you and letting uh, the challenge just really light you up. And I just thank you for sharing the story. Thank you for sharing that struggle of having to call Patagonia or having to figure all this out. And actually, it ended up really lighting you up and i think sometimes we avoid things that are uncomfortable but boy if you just lean in they can really be amazing so yeah, that's the biggest thing i think i've learned from you lean into uncomfortable because great things can happen absolutely and i'm going to tell you one thing about me leaning into uncomfortable which just there happens that d is well d and john the whole smiley graphics team is one of the sponsors for um, I'm like, what the hell is my camp called? It's Creatives <laughs> Ignite. I don't know what I was talking about. So Creatives Ignite is open. Um, the early bird tickets are on sale now. And uh, Dee has a link she can share as well. Uh, as well, if you go to Creatives Ignite, just regular ignite.com, not like nighttime night, but anyway, whatever. Let's, <laughs> you guys, I'll, it'll be in the chat or it'll be underneath. Um, creativesignite.com. Check it out. Early bird. You can get your happy camper ticket for the day camper price for until Friday. It'll really go through Saturday, but you guys can share. That and there'll out. be swag. And there will. Yes, there's gonna. You're gonna get something in the mail from me if you're a happy camper. And um, just so you know, this is what it is. If you're ready to grow your business you need to get more leads. If you have, if you've been thinking, oh, I want to do kind of what Dee did. I want to focus in. I want to do something specific. I want to have um, a more targeted audience. Well, if you don't already have that, some of these people that are going to be talking to are going to help you with that. But mostly it's about different ways to reach these people, um, hone in on who these people are, different, um, there's going to be ways to retain them once you have them. All these things that we can do to help keep them happy and over deliver. And then the other part that's really important for solopreneurs or entrepreneurs is that we have we need to have a mindset shift in a lot of things. We maybe are talking bad to ourselves. We are limiting 
what we think we can do because either somebody else said it or we just haven't dreamed big enough. So there's, it's five weeks. It is five weeks of content. It's what I'm asking you to do is to change your business in a month and it's a 60 day money back guarantee. So if you do all the homework and you're like, nope, I didn't learn anything. I want all my money back. I'm going to give you your money back. So here's the thing. It is Monday through Friday, an hour. I'm asking you to commit to an hour minimum, an hour a week, an hour a day, not an hour a week. Oop, not Unless you watch it in really fast mode, you could probably do it. Um, I don't know, be really fast mode, like 5X. But you're going to watch the video. It's 30 minutes. And then you're going to implement for 30 minutes. And then there's some bonus things for the happy campers and the trailblazers. The happy campers and the trailblazers, they get the community um, aspect. So you, there's a Slack channel. There's a Wednesday night group, which Demi, it's probably too late for you. It's at midnight. And then, but there is a Saturday group as well. So the people maybe in Australia or the people in uh, Indonesia are on the other side of the world, they could come to the Wednesday one. It'll be Thursday for them, but it'll be Wednesday for us, the Wednesday one. And then on Saturday, Demi, it's at 4 p.m. your time, buddy, in London. It, so, and then for those people, so that's every week, we're doing two groups, two meetups. And um, that it's just time for us to be together. We'll break into small groups. We're going to um, talk about what we've learned. So then there's some accountability and hopefully you've been doing, doing the work. And then um, on Saturday, July 18th, Dave Clayton's going to do a workshop, an, a live workshop where we'll go into groups, we'll do some work, we'll come back out, we'll do some big work, and then we'll go into small groups again. It's going to be incredible. I have no idea how it's going to go. have no idea, people, but it's going to hopefully be amazing. It's the way it, I dream it. It's the way I see it, but I actually think that you're going to get something out of it. I think when we do work, Dee and I have talked about this, when you focus in on your business, I mean, we do these little sprints that are uh, 12 weeks, right? This is five weeks. This is almost half of that, but it's every day. Instead of just doing once a week, we're actually doing some of the same things every day. And I've already started implementing some of the things that I'm learning from these people. So I'm getting a heads up, right? And there will definitely be some extra content for sure. So Lily asked, do you think this would benefit me as a teacher? I actually think uh, teaching graphic arts is and and not design more behind the press projects than design. I don't know. Um, I think this is, um, there's a lot of, it would be stuff that you would be teaching them, your students maybe about self-promotion um, and about how they can understand an audience. So it's all things that you would be able to use. Um, so I always think that stuff is, is very important. And I think that a lot of times that stuff is lacking. And I teach at the college level and I definitely include this stuff, even though nobody asks me to, it's the business side that I feel like sometimes we are really um, missing out on. But we have people like Chris Doe, he's speaking, Mike Janda, uh, Gay Hendricks. I know you guys probably don't know who he is, but he's a big uh, psychologist and he's been writing 40 books for years and changed the face of a lot of people in the way they think. So big mindset. There's Bonnie um, saying there's 
lots of people maybe you haven't heard of, but they have gold because gold isn't just on the surface, people, and everybody knows about it. So some of the people, not that I think everybody has gold, to be honest. I know I'm just oh, oh, running on and on. My mom's going to be like, oh my goodness, Diane, I fit in. But anyway, I just am really excited about it. So 30 minutes a day of listening, watching, learning, right? And then 30 minutes of implementation to grow your business in five weeks. Can we do this? We could do this. You could do this. I'm trying to make it super easy. So if anybody has any questions, please let me know. You can email me at diane at rechargingyou.com. You can also check it out at um, creatives ignite, creatives with an S, ignite.com. So if you're ready to ignite your business, check it out. Come to camp with us. A lot of my uh, friends over in the UK, they don't, they didn't do camp. So they're real excited about doing camp. So I'm excited too. Yeah. Come be with the cool kids. That's right. All right, guys. Thank you. And Dee, thank you so much. And sure. thanks for John for holding the door. I uh, greatly appreciate his uh, bouncer status back there. Yeah. And we need all those addresses from the winners. Yes. And mail those out tomorrow. Okay. All Thanks. right. We'll see you on the, oh, Holly Chastain's next week. It's a collage artist. You know, I love collage. This lady's amazing. I can't wait. She's a designer turned collage artist. So I can't wait to introduce you to her. She's an illustrator. Okay. Anyway, we'll see y'all next week.